Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! What is up, DFSD Gen Nation? I apologize. We are a little late tonight than when we normally go live, but uh, Ryan had some stuff that he had to take care of, and so we waited a little bit around, but he will be joining us uh, momentarily. But in the meantime, it's me, Kevin Steele. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyRat13, and you can find Matty D, as always, at MattyDFS. How's it going tonight, Matty? It's good, man. Uh I think we've got a really interesting slate this week. It's a lot of a uh, lot of low totals and, and some high spreads. So uh, I'm curious to see what you and and eventually Ryan, whenever you know he he stops taking care of his adulthood and and doing some actual work that non football related. You know, uh, how dare he? Right? Like, come on, hang with the boys. I, I know, right? It's uh, you know, uh, work and wait. Okay, it'll be there whenever you whenever you get around to That's it. That's right. Okay? We, we only get so many weeks of the NFL season, so hey, this comes first. But anyways, I know I totally agree that this week is going to be uh, pretty interesting compared to last week where I felt like it was pretty obvious to go with like somebody like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs stack, where this week I think is a, this is a little bit different. You can go a lot of different ways. So I'm really excited to get into this week's slate. But before we do, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, you hit that like subscribe button. We are getting closer to that 800 that we're looking for. Plus, if you want to listen to this, you may want to be tuning in because we are going to, I'm not ready to announce it yet, but we got a pretty cool giveaway that we're going to be doing, including probably some memorabilia, some NFL memorabilia that we're just going to be giving away to one of our subscribers. So you want to be sure you're, you're subscribed so you can get that information. But in the meantime, let's just go ahead and jump right into this this week. Like you mentioned, I, th- I think we have some games. We can just start at quarterback that I think is going to be interesting, right? Because this week you have you know, three quarterbacks are in the 7K range with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. And then past that, you know, the 6K range is actually pretty large with Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Taysom Hill, Ryan Tannehill, <clears throat> and Ryan Fitzpatrick all in this group. For me, when I first started, oh, when I first opened this slate, which is usually what I do on Sunday nights because I can't wait to look. Oh, I we see. know. Yes. We, I, love, I, we love getting one-liners and screenshots of player pricing from you on Sunday night when we're all building our showdown teams and, and Kev's coming in, dropping in his favorite next week plays, and we haven't even made it through the full day yet. I know, that's a, but that's what I got to do. I, I got to know. I got to know, so I can't wait. I always tell myself to wait and wait till later in the week, but I don't ever do it. So, But the first things that kind of stood out to me were – one, I think Aaron Rodgers to me is entirely too cheap at 6800. I don't understand the pricing on him. I know he played Sunday night, but regardless of that, like it's it's just way too cheap for Aaron Rodgers in a matchup against Philly where that's how you want to beat Philly is through the air. Like they are great against the run. They do an excellent job of shutting that down, but in the air they're completely vulnerable. And so for me, like Aaron Rodgers 
feels way way too cheap for where he's at. And then if you look at guys like Sean Watson, who now have question marks without Will Fuller, you have Kyler Murray, who's been nursing this this shoulder injury, even though he's getting in full practices. Then you have guys like Russell Wilson really starting to. And you brought this up, you know, in our one of our chats that we have about how they're starting to run the ball a lot more and they're not really letting Russ cook as much. And the numbers are starting to bear that out over the last four weeks. They are not throwing the ball nearly as much as they were. I think now they're only throwing it. It's like 58% of the time in neutral game scripts. So, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Russ, like it's, it's a little bit harder to trust him now. Yep. And especially if Daniel Jones is out in this game, then they're damn sure not going to need to throw the ball that much because yep. it's going to be Colt McCoy on the other side of the field. So I don't know how much you can trust going to Russ there. And then you start going down. You got like Kirk Cousins, who is at a great spot against Jacksonville. But again, this is a team that if you can run the football, they are going, or if they can run the football, that's just what they're going to do. You, there is games where Kirk Cousins may only get 14, 15 attempts in a game. However, whenever, whenever he gets pushed and made to throw the ball, is whenever he really can go off and he can put up QB1 numbers, much like he did last week. But for me, when I first opened this, there was two players that really stood out to me that I have some interest in, and they're both gross. <laughs> I can't wait. I expect nothing less from you. The first one is Carson Wentz at fifty four hundred. Oh, oh my god! I know people. I got to get some water after that one. I know. I know people aren't going to want to play Carson Wentz at fifty four hundred. He has been just eviscerated on Twitter. And everywhere else that Carson Wentz is, uh, is is done, he's he is a bum. However, the thing that I do know is that he's still putting up fantasy points. Last week, he was, I think, like QB8, QB7 in terms of overall fantasy points last week. And that's in a four-quarterback lead. So the dude's still putting up fantasy points. And they're playing Green Bay. They're going to have to throw the ball. So he is certainly going to be in a, put in a spot where, where he is going to have to chuck the ball 40 times, which is what we're looking for. He also has rushing upside, and he's 5,400. Is it sexy? No. But we've seen in other spots when they played Pittsburgh this year. They played Baltimore this year. He played really well in those games. Am I saying that I think he's going to come out and light it up? No, but I think at 5,400, and I think with no ownership coming in on him, I do think he makes a little bit of sense. And then the other one, it's Mr. Trubisky at 5,400. <laughs> now, that's one I'm okay with. Trubisky at 5,400 is just ridiculous to me because against Detroit, Mitchell Trubisky in his career has torched the Lions. Like, he has done really well. We've already seen this matchup once this year, week one, where he put up 250 yards and three touchdowns. So, so there is lots of like here. And plus, the stack that you can make with him with Allen Robinson and then potentially, you know, if you want to go like Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller or Jimmy Graham – like that's there, or David Montgomery as well. You could stack him with, which which makes a lot of sense in this game. Not to mention the fact that Detroit is missing what most of their starting mm-hmm. the starting secondary as well, and they're not that good to begin with to be able to stop it. I really do like Mitchell Trubisky a lot at fifty four hundred. Plus, he also has some sneaky upside to be able to pick up some yards on the ground. So for me, when I was kind of scrolling through this, those two names really stood out to me as two guys that I'm gonna have some interest in playing this week. Where are you coming in on this week? Yeah, I I. Just want to touch on the Mitch Trubisky thing real quick. And it's, man, it, it feels so gross. But on a slate like this, where there aren't really any guys with monster ceilings at the top this week, like talking about Russ here, we'll, we'll start from the top. So the thing with Russ, like you mentioned, is kind of the trend that I, that I dug into before their game last week uh, against Philly is they had been in the, the low 60% 
range in terms of uh, throwing the ball in uh, situation neutral game scripts, you know, one score games. But over the last four weeks that had actually dropped into the 50s. So they had started to make a conscious effort to run the football. Uh, and that was with Chris Carson out, too. And now he's finally back, came back last week. And, and he actually looked good uh, in his limited touches. Um, I think he had, what, 10 touches for 59 yards from scrimmage. Uh, whereas Carlos Hyde had 17 touches for 29 yards from scrimmage. So there's definitely a, a talent uh, drop-off from from Carson to Hyde there. I mean, Hyde is a serviceable backup, but it is Chris Carson's backfield. And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to running back. But I, I think Chris Carson is is one of the best leverage plays on the slate if Russ is, in fact, going to be popular. Um, there's a little nugget of info I found against the, the Giants' run defense. So I uh, definitely want to touch on that. But – I mean, outside of Russ, uh, Kyler Murray's been dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, he finally practiced in full today, which he hadn't done in a while, I don't think. But, I mean, still, the Rams have allowed only one uh, top 12 wide receiver finish in terms of fantasy points this year, and they allowed it last week to Debo Samuel, uh, who isn't really a traditional wide receiver. He's more of a gadget guy. Uh, you know, get him some some quick screens and get him in space, uh, and he kind of makes plays, plays yards after catch. So, I am kind of weary on that that passing attack for Arizona, especially paying up for DeAndre Hopkins, who you ideally would pair with Kyler Murray if, if you think Murray hits his ceiling. Uh, now, granted, Murray can get there with his legs, but paying 7,600, uh, you're still going to need him to have good production through the air. And it's just, oh, man, it's just such a tough matchup. The Rams have been so good against everybody. Um, their defense is legit. They get after the quarterback. Which, I mean, I guess getting under pressure could help Kyler Murray run a little bit more. But at the same time, I just don't know what kind of ceiling we're going to see from him here. Uh, this is the first time these two teams will play this year. So, I, you know, there is still a bit of an unknown because these aren't the same two defenses we saw last year. Uh, both defenses are playing better than they played last year. So, I think he's interesting at 7,600. And I would definitely play him over Russ and Deshaun Watson. And speaking of Watson, I mean, we know that the Will Fuller injury, not even an injury, but the PED news, the suspension, that is, that's huge. Because even when DeAndre Hopkins was in Houston, uh, Deshaun Watson's numbers dropped off significantly without Will Fuller. And now you're just giving me Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver one instead of Hopkins. I, I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to gravitate to that Houston indie game as a game stack uh, and, I just think that that game, you know, could underwhelm. I mean, Phillip Rivers is dealing with a pretty bad foot injury, supposedly in practice um, this week. And and Deshaun Watson now doesn't have Will Fuller. So if Indy can rely on the run, they are going to rely on the run. And I think that they can do that here because I don't think Houston is going to be able to put up a good enough fight on the other side. And I think you see a, a heavy dosage of Jonathan Taylor. So all of that to say about those three guys at the top is there are pretty good, pretty severe concerns for each of those three guys to hit their ceiling. And with that being the case, we can look at guys like Mitch Trubisky down in the, in the you know bottom of the barrel price range, who Trubisky, you talked about his success against the Lions. In his career, he's played, played him six times. He's averaging 267 yards per game. He's thrown 14 TDs in six games against the Lions and has a 67% completion, completion percentage. Yes, I know each season's different, and every every team runs out of different defense every year. But, I mean, we, like you said, just to reiterate, we saw it in week one, threw for 242 yards and three touchdowns on only 36 pass attempts. 
he's going to hammer a Rob, you know, he's, he's love throwing to, to Miller over Mooney. He's got uh, David Montgomery who he he's been utilizing in the past game. Uh, it's, I like the bears, you know, I think they're going to be popular. Uh, Montgomery's probably going to be more popular than, than Robinson. So that's, I'll probably play Robinson and then just sprinkle him some Montgomery. I don't know how much Montgomery I'm going to have. It just scares me to go all in on a Bears offense that just hasn't been very good uh, despite them playing Detroit this week. But all that to say, I I do like Mitch, and I think the the setup for this week uh, allows you to play Mitch. Um, And then the other guy I like down there, not as cheap as Mitch, but I really like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I know Cleveland, you know, it's going to be the Derrick Henry show if if Cleveland allows it. Um, But at the same time, Tannehill has been very efficient with his pass attempts. Uh, He's got two of the most dominant. I mean, A.J. Brown is dominant and Corey Davis has almost been just as good as A.J. Brown this year. Both of those guys are are seeing a very uh, constant. They're the very concentrated, tight, airtight, tight uh, air yard share and, and market share there for targets. So. Uh, it's a very easy stack to run with Tannehill. And, and even if uh, there's some question about whether John who's going to play, uh, it looked like he was missing practice yesterday. Uh, he didn't practice today. Um, so they're very interesting. If he misses, uh, you've got a, a Ferkser at min price tight end there. So you, those are going to be the three guys that, that Tannehill throws to. He's not really going to mix in anybody else. Doesn't throw to the running backs really. So it is a very easy stack to make. Uh, and, and the run back on the other side is easy. It's Nick Chubb. So that is, that's a very easy game stack for me um, in a game that I think I'm going to have a lot of exposure to. Uh, but as for paying up, yeah, I, I think I think Herbert's interesting because New England has, it has and can allow uh, explosive passes. Um, but I think if I'm paying up, it's going to be for Aaron Rodgers, like you said. I mean, Green Bay is in the top 10 in, in pass rates and one-score games. Uh, even even last week we saw, you know, they get down to the three-yard line on, on prime time every time, and then Rodgers is throwing a touchdown, and it's not going to Aaron Jones. So, And now they're playing a uh, pass-funnel defense in Philly, who we know we want to attack with, uh, you know, pass offenses the whole year and, and not really running the ball because their front seven is very good. So, uh, yeah, I think Rodgers makes a ton of sense. The uh, – the thing is, if you play Rodgers, there's going to be a lot of people who have Adams as a one-off. So you have to you have to stack up like fully stack up the Packers if you're going to play Rodgers. Uh, otherwise, the Devonte Adams one-off teams will be outscoring you if if Rodgers doesn't go nuclear to other guys. So I think it's a very interesting week, but it's also a week that I'm going to be very concentrated with my exposures. Yeah, I think it definitely is going to be. And uh, our guy, the host, you know, I think we've done a good job of holding it down. You know, in the meantime, but I guess we should go ahead and bring him in. Ryan Williams finally decided to grace us with his presence. So, you know, we're going to have to get this set up real quick. Fast, late. Look Ryan. at him in the office. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Ain't hey, no, no lies detected over here, man. Ryan, Ryan said, you know, they're not going to believe me. Let me, let me do a quick walk to my office real quick. Yeah. Yeah. No, we could, we good. It ain't no <laughs> quick walk. It ain't no quick walk. Um, I had to I had to come on. I mean, what is Kev talking about playing Carson Wentz? You know I had to have the YouTube channel going, even though I'm not on yeah, yet. Yeah, I, I can't play Carson. I can't play Carson. Mitch, 
I'm good with Mitch, but Carson, Ryan, let him have it. Let him hear it, man. man. Even 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 Mitch, dude. I mean, so so this week and and you guys have you guys have been killing it uh in the chat. I've been I've been I've been grinding this 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 workout, Maddie. You know, I'm 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 grinding for the Sunday, right? I'm trying to I'm trying to get in so I can get invested, give the people the video, give them the article. And um, I'm you know, I've been looking at this slate off and on for the past couple of days. And it like you said, Maddie, like it just sometimes I feel like we come on these shows and we talk about, man, this slate's kind of ugly. And then the week kind of presents itself. And then you're like, okay, like here are some spots that I feel like you can get to. But when I'm looking at the Vegas totals and I'm looking at everything, like there's so many, uh, there's so many situations and games that we have. It's now, you know, an 11 game slate, not a 12 game slate as DraftKings is saying um, with the Washington Pittsburgh game getting postponed, but there's so many spots where you're looking, we're projected blowouts and, and like, yeah. it's not blowouts that we, you know, we're going to see, you know, 20 points, but uh, uh, so many spreads that are a touchdown and above. And so it's like, and I'm looking at the quarterbacks in these positions and, you know, looking at this Rams Arizona game, like, yeah, that's going to be paced up. And I want, you know, pieces from that game. But like, I mean, damn, can we trust Cooper Cup? If Robert Woods is 5,900 yet again, like I want to play him. Don't trust Patrick Peterson. You talked about a Kyler Murray banged up, but that game should still present goodness. And Jared Goff is sitting there at 5,800 and it just makes you so yeah. sick even think about putting him in the lineup. It's been so many weeks that I've had to consider um, a guy like Jared Goff. And and I agree with Kev, like Aaron Rodgers is just, I mean, how is this guy not jumping off the page and going to be, how are people going to want to avoid him at this price tag? It just does not make sense there. I don't care who's on the other side. Like this, this Packers team looks to score 30. I mean, they remind me of like the Steelers team when they had all those guys. And we, we, you know, it's funny that we're here with Aaron Rodgers and we're like, who's he going to throw the ball to like Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. And that's it. And it's like, yeah, the fuck he is like, he's having an MVP season with, with these guys. And to be priced at this is just crazy. Like you're looking at, uh, his price at whatever it was in the 6K or 6,800. 68, and yeah. Bill is 63. Like, it's just so gross. And, and you know, I'm looking at these other spots. Like, I, I agree with you too. Like, on Russell, like, and, and maybe it'll make me have to force some Russell builds in just because the Seattle team is so weird, Maddie. Like, they are running the ball. It's, you know, the, the tale is as old as time. Chris Carson comes back off of the injury report and this dude just <laughs> takes all the work away. And so, you know, Metcalf is priced up. Lockett is forgotten about. Like, I don't think anybody wants to play this dude. And, you know, we know how good he is. Like, he could pop off any week. So I think trying to get a little exposure there to Russell, I, I feel good about. But I, I agree with you, Maddie. Like, I think the Tannehill call is is kind of the way that I'm looking to go. I mean, you know me, I like to go with the narrow distribution of targets and mm-hmm. guys too. And you've been beating the drum on Corey Davis for the past two weeks. He's 5,100, like totally in play this week. AJ, AJ Brown, like I don't even care what his price is anymore. Like in, in any type of matchup that could be deemed favorable, like this dude is a beast. And so you're looking at Henry who's priced at 9K. And I know I'm rambling here. I just, I just want to come in and get on the fun. But uh, you're looking at Henry, who's 9K, and people just feel like they missed out on him, right? Like, he's 9K, Dalvin's 9K, then you get to Chubb. Okay, so we need to know what Kareem Hunt's doing or whatever. And running back is just kind of a toss-up as well again. And so 
I, I say all this just to say like the week is just even even if we get news on some of these guys like Hunt Jacobs, uh, you know, what's going on with Julio, who's now missing practice all of a sudden in weeks. And we can't even consider Matt Ryan if this dude's not playing um, all these question marks. Like, I don't even know if it makes a difference on the slate. And that just makes me think that builds are going to be the same. And so this week, even more so, I think I'll try and go off the reservation on builds because what I mean, we're already at week 13 now. Like, what do you have to lose at this point? It's like we we're 13 weeks in the game. People are going to be doing what we think they're going to be doing. Um, and the, you know, the, you talk about ownerships and the ownerships have been hitting. And so if you can be just a little bit different, I mean, look at that Derrick Henry play last week, like mm-hmm. that crazy of a play, you know, everybody wanted to play Dalvin. Okay. So just play Derrick Henry and it, Kev talks about it all the time, but um, about how Henry doesn't catch passes. And ironically, he was catching passes last week. But it's just I want to play dudes and leverage spots that nobody wants to touch because they're either afraid of the price or they're afraid of the game or they're you know afraid of missing out on points. And it's the same thing for me, like with a guy and, and I'm skipping ahead, but just like Darren Waller this week, like he just burned people last week. And pay up for tight end really didn't work out with him and Kelsey. And so people are going to look to go back to Rudolph, go back to some of these other guys. And I just want to, this might be the most contrarian week for me. I just wanted to say at the top. So uh, welcome, welcome in boys. <laughs> welcome yeah, in. So that's why, that's why you should want to play Carson Wentz. Like that's why you should play <laughs> oh, Carson Wentz. No. There's okay. so there, there's so many other ways you can go, Kev. I mean, we've seen this from Carson like all season long. It makes you, Especially on a slate where you don't need to play. And like, so you're playing Wentz and I think, you know, I'm not sure what Zach Ertz's status is, but I mean, Goddard looked good in that game. So you pair him with him. I think that's, that's kind of cool, but you're playing him with Rager maybe. I mean, you know, what, what are you really doing there? Are you going to run him naked? Are you going to try and guess who it's going to be? Like Fulgham just got shut down. Is he going to pop off? Do we have to worry about Alshon Jeffrey? Like how is this dude getting it's I so, think I would go. It, it would be Goddard and Miles Sanders. Okay, you can play Miles. You going back to the Miles well? Hoping yeah. he some. Like, but like, who else do you really like? Who else do you feel like supremely like? That's my problem this week. Like with the, especially with quarterback. Like, like I don't feel like even Aaron Rodgers. I think could go you know different different directions and and things can get a little bit weird. But Aaron yeah. Rodgers certainly stands out as the best play on the slate in terms of just. Among all quarterbacks, I think he feels the most confident in anyway. But right. past him, like I don't think there's anybody on the slate that you can pinpoint and say, you know what? No, this guy is going to be an absolute smash play. There's going to be red flags among all of them, and, uh, and you, there, there's different ways. Like I've said, like like I said at the beginning, like Kirk Cousins, for example. Kirk Cousins could score 30 points this week. He could score 10 points this week. Like it's a great matchup against Cincinnati. I, I, you know, somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick, also great play against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not good against the pass, you know, and I know they're going to get Miles Gaskin back, but, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a little bit more expensive this week than he was last week, but he's still only 6K. We know that Ryan Fitzpatrick has that I don't give a fuck attitude. He's in play. Jared Goff, same thing, 5,800 against Arizona. You know, he's played well against Arizona in his career. So he, do, he he's somebody else that you can make some sense. Matt Ryan at 5,600 feels incredibly too cheap for him. But, you know, it is on the road against – or, excuse me, at home against the Saints, who's the last time we saw these, these two teams a couple of weeks ago, the Saints fucking torched – or the, the Saints just fucking crushed them. And we'll have to see what's going to happen with somebody like – 
Um, is Julio Jones going to be back? You know, if, if he's back, then maybe that changed the, di- the dynamic a little bit with a Matt Ryan. But still, like, there's just no, like, standout Patrick Mahomes, play this guy 100% of your lineups, and you feel great about it. Let's move on to the next one. Ryan Tano. And that can still go different. That's one uh, could go completely off the rails if if if, if Derrick Henry goes goes ham again. Then he's they, again. But I will I will say though I mean look at that game last week, Kev. Like so Henry whatever Henry put up what it was forty something DK points mm-hmm. that he's getting and and Tannehill still was doing stuff. This, oh, is I like Tannehill this, this isn't an anti Ryan Tannehill take. No, I, no, think, no. I think I, I think, think this but is... he's not a like, but he's not like a just absolutely smash play. Like there no, is, no, no. There is but I think this is the slate for him to like go over like heavily overweight on him because he's and I don't a, mind that at all. Like I do he, like Ryan Tannehill. He's essentially a lock for upper teens and points. Like he's scored less than 17 points like one time this year. And right. it, even if you go back to last year, it's in the same trend. But he has if the if the touchdowns don't go to Henry and they run like play action and you get Ferkser or maybe he, maybe they're you know third and goal from the four and he hits AJ Brown with a fade route in the back corner of the end zone, all of a sudden those two to three running back touchdowns are now Tannehill touchdowns or even Tannehill can rush one in himself. Um, and so we've seen on multiple occasions, even dating back to last year, Tannehill has that low thirties upside, which in the mm-hmm. low six K range on this slate. If, and we know where the ball's going, too. So if he throws four touchdowns, A.J. Brown is catching one to two, Corey Davis will catch one to two, and then one of the tight ends. Hopefully, Janu sits and we can just play Ferkser um, at, at men price. But those are the three pass catchers. Like, he's not going to throw yeah. into Khalif Raymond or, like, somebody random like that. Like, that's it's not going to happen. So I just – I know where the production's going, Ryan, and I know you preach that all the time as to how you want to stack your QB. Um is based on, you know, an offense where you can predict it. And for me, Tannehill, I know it's going to Corey Davis and A.J. Brown and the tight end, whereas Philly, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is getting more snaps than Travis Fulgham. No, thank you. I'm out. I am out. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with that. It's it makes gross. no fucking okay. sense. They they both ran the same like it was like the same amount of routes. Like it's just fucking it ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. And after Fulgham yeah. smashed for like five straight weeks, I don't get right. it. I don't know. And I, and I think, you know, and in, in we talk about this every, every week, you know, shout out to the DJ Nation fam that's been rocking with us. But I, I think you guys know by now, like Kev has his certain play of style. Like I have my certain play of style. Maddie has his certain play of style. And so when we talk about these things and we're all I mean, dude, it's been lit since Thanksgiving. I felt like I've, I've talked to you guys more than I've talked to the fiance. <laughs> Just just in regards to like plays and, and football and stuff like that, it's been fun. And so, like, I know, you know, when you're talking about playing Ryan Tannehill, Maddie, like you don't you're not you're not looking at the slate in the same way that Kev does. And I do to a certain extent when we're playing, you know, 20 max teams or, you know, in the 150 dabbling in with those couple of teams like you're you're making stands. And and I think that even more so for me this week, like I might just have to make a stand and not go so far unless unless I can figure out what what we're doing at running back and there's so many questions there we'll talk about it when we get to it but how how fucking just terrible has running back been this year I mean people know it from redraft but just it, it even more so frustrating from a DFS standpoint 
of like trying to figure out like who these guys are when you can only play, you know, you have to play a minimum of two can play up to three. And so many guys have been in good spots and have disappointed. Like the, the backfields have, you know, we're seeing vultures at an all time crazy high. Maddie, you had the Miles Sanders, the one week and Corey Clement scoring and Boston Scott scoring. It's just been so effing frustrating to try and get these guys right. So with quarterback for me, I think, yeah, I, I like Tannehill. I mean, I, you know, depending on where Dalvin Cook comes in and maybe he's not as popular because he's dealing, you know, w- with this injury, so to speak. And we, you know, already priced up Madison. So that's there. But I, I like Cousins getting uh, Thielen back. I mean, he's mm-hmm. successful about targeting with targeting and Thielen in the red zone. I mean, Justin Jefferson's coming along. Noah Irv Smith, like we, we know that Cousins will, you know, like to get the ball to Kyle Rudolph to kind of move the chains there. And if the, we can get these touchdowns that go to the passing game, it, again, it's just one of those things. It doesn't make me feel comfortable to talk about Kirk Cousins, but I'm looking at his price tag, looking what I can do with him. And, you know, I, then I don't have to think about playing Dalvin you know, who's in the 9K range and takes up a lot of my salary and I can do things elsewhere. So, and the other guy, and I can't forget about this because you put, you put it on my radar, Maddie, is, is Derek Carr. I mean, this dude was in the smash spot of the week. I can't, I can't remember how many touts we're talking about the Derek Carr to Darren Waller stack last week against Atlanta. And it's just going to leave a sour taste in their mouths. And I know people aren't going to write up Derek Carr. I know they're not going to write up Darren Waller. And here he is again, you know, on the road here and, you know, not, not doesn't really fit my build of the narrow distribution of targets. But if we have Josh Jacobs, who's banged up and there's going to be more asked upon, um, Derek Carr to kind of move the ball here, then I do like him if his ownership is going to, you know, be limited to non-existent. I'm glad you brought that up real quick. Uh, Cause I think a, a mistake, not a mistake, but a misconception people make is when the starting running back goes out that you can just expect the backup running back is going to absolutely smash. And that's not always the case, right? So like Booker, he would be a good play in DFS. Yes. But at the same time, he's not going to be as efficient as Josh Jacobs is, and they I think they end up relying have to end up relying on Carr more than more than they want to. Uh, and the Jets are a pass funnel defense, anyways. So like right. if Booker's in and he's you know getting picking up one to two yards on on first down carries, right now you're behind the sticks in second and eight and third and seven, third and six, and Derek Carr's got to throw the ball way more than anticipated and playing the Jets. Yes, please sign me up for that. So I think if Jacobs is out, I like Carr way more um, than if he's in, because if he's in, I I think they just, you know, try to give him as much as he can handle uh, or they, it gets gross to where they split the backfield uh, because we have seen them give Booker a ton of touches, even in games where Jacobs is playing, uh, you know, if things get out of hand or, or if Booker gets hot or whatnot. So yeah, for me, I, I think it car makes a ton of sense, but I think for me, it would only be a play if Jacobs were to sit. I feel you. I feel you. Um, it, should we, I mean, we, we talked a lot about quarterbacks there. Should we, should we go over to the running back spot? Kevin yeah. and quarterback. Um, but yeah, let's talk about running backs because, um, like I said, I mean, this, it, it just really kind of comes down to the position. You had to get this position right in order to some weeks cash or, you know, some weeks be in the running uh, to feel good about your lineup. So we got Dalvin cook at the top. Who's, you know, questionable. He's 9,500, you know, good to us. And, you know, this injury that looked way worse when it happened uh, last Sunday, I thought, 
we were definitely going to be looking at it again, another Alexander Madison week, but he was able to come back in in the fourth quarter and, and finish stuff out. And so he's been a limited participant this week. It's something that we have to monitor if he's, you know, if they say he's kind of good to go going into Friday's practice and we get it into Saturday and people kind of forgot about him, I will have some interest in getting him on the teams if people are going to write him off. But if he, if it seems like he's going to be popular, um, I'm just going to, you know, try to fade the noise there and, and go a different route. But, um, it, you know, it, it does become interesting because he's 9K, Derrick Henry's 9K. Then you got Nick Chubb priced down, who's, you know, on the road here against Tennessee, who, you know, could be had on the ground. And you're looking at since returning from the injury that Chubb had suffered there earlier on in the year. I mean, 126, 114, 144, touchdown in two or three of those games. Um, and what was even crazy to me last week was the dude was out there catching passes. I mean, they decided to actually run routes with the dude. So if he's going to be catching passes, if Kareem Hunt is questionable and ends up missing, I mean, you know, Chubb is, is where you should be looking to start. I mean, talk about somebody who wants to feed the ball to him. I mean, Stefanski there, uh, they, they're, they're giving this guy looks and we know that's happening with Hunt and you got to think without Hunt, they're not going to, you know, put a guy like Dearness Johnson back there and give him Hunt's touches. Those are all just going to go to Chubb and at that price there in that game that could, you know, it, Maddie, like you're saying, if Tannehill gets hot or even if it's Henry, like if, if Titans are able to put up points still, they're going to have Chubb out there. And so the hope is that maybe you can get Cleveland, you know, to get up in that game early neutral game script and then Chubb can just, you know, do his work I, I i really like nick chubb this week um josh jacobs questionable james robinson i mean i don't know what you guys are doing with him and my kind of thing about him is that he always just somehow he finds his way onto these slates where he always just becomes popular because people are looking at his work share and you know they can plug him in and they're like okay i can get 15 to 20 points out of this guy and it's a, it's a game that I don't really, you know, maybe Minnesota can take it over or maybe, you know, we get lame duck Kirk Cousins and what are we getting from Mike Glennon? He looked good last week. And so maybe he folds there. I just, I don't want to play James Robinson. He somehow always ends up popular. And I'm looking at Aaron Jones right there at 2,100 or at 7,200 and uh, Austin Eckler at 7,100. I like both of those guys more. I mean, Austin Eckler last week, seeing 16 targets, you have to love that for, for DraftKings purposes. I mean, this dude came back off of injury and is, is seeing the work right yet again. And, you know, we, we, we saw that kind of trajectory trajectory before Eckler got hurt and then he got hurt. And I think people forgot about that, but like, I think it does affect Keenan Allen. It certainly affects, you know, Mike Williams and guys like Jalen Guyton and, and Hunter Henry to a certain extent, because Her Herbert just has an affinity for, um, you know, passing to the running backs. And luckily for Austin Eckler owners who have him, um, he's, he's rustable every week in DFS. So I like those guys. And then, yeah, at the bottom, I mean, we got to talk about Montgomery and, and Kev, you can, you know, go on your riff here about him too. I'm not sure if you want to play him or not, but he he's going to be popular this week. I mean, it's, it's just a fact. I mean, the, he just played on Sunday night against the Packers, 5,500 people see the Trubisky offense. They're looking at that situation there. I mean, the Lions, what's not to like about that matchup there from the ground. And it, it's just going to be tough to play a popular David Montgomery. I mean, for those of you guys out there who can stomach that more power to you, I'll take a shot for you if he pops off, but you won't catch me dead playing Montgomery at 20 plus 
50% ownership um, on an 11 game slate with, you know, with Trubisky at the quarterback helm with any with, Trubisky or Foles doesn't matter. I mean, you just can't trust this offense to consistently get past the 50 yard line and be able to score once they get into the red zone. And that's like kind of where, where it is. And, and even, you know, ironically, like now that Trubisky's back and he's a mobile quarterback, this could affect dump offs to Montgomery. You know, we were seeing his, you know, Nick Foles, who's not having time, not mobile, be able to get him some passes that kind of helped out for DraftKings purposes for him to catch. And I, I don't know if we'll see that with Montgomery. We definitely didn't see it all that much last year when Montgomery or when Trubisky was there for that full time. So it, I just don't want to have to play him there. I mean, you know, you could probably talk me into a guy like Kenyon Drake, uh, Kev, I'll let you talk about Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, Naheem Hines at 5,300 in that game. I, Gio Bernard, you could probably talk me into Damian Harris. I mean, there's other guys that are around there that will see a, a fifth of what his ownership will be. And I just want to go into other spots. Kev, why don't you take it up from here? Because I do want to hear what you have to say about Jonathan Taylor um, this week at running back. Well, first I'll start with David Montgomery. Like, I mean, if he's going to be like 35% owned, then, uh, you know, maybe I'll look a different direction. But uh, if I can get him at a little bit lower ownership than that, he does make a lot of sense. I mean, Detroit is is just absolutely ass against the run. They allow the most – they allow the most DK points. They are fourth in rushing yards allowed, first in in rushing touchdowns, third in passing – or fourth in passing yards allowed, and first in passing touchdowns allowed to receiving backs. Like, they have been truly awful against the run. And not to mention, they just lost Danny Shelton for the year, was probably one of their only really decent run defenders that they even had. And so now he's done for the year. So everything really makes a lot of sense for David Montgomery and at his price to at least try to get him into your lineup. And they have been utilizing him as a pass catcher. We saw it again last week. And so, you know, he's only 5,500. It is going to be really hard to get away from that price tag for a running back in that good of a spot. Like, it is truly a smash mm-hmm. spot for him. And so it, it is it is really hard not to want to play him. And I, I do probably fully expect for him probably to be really expensive or, 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 excuse me, really highly owned this week. And so that will play into some of my decision I make because, you know, can David Montgomery fail? Sure, of course he can. They can also go out and throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns, and he doesn't find the end zone, and he's not utilized as much in the passing game, and that would affect him some. So I'm going to have exposure to him regardless, but it it may not be as much as I would want to because I do think there's a chance he's going to be chalk. I can tell you this. There is not a chance in fucking hell that I'm going to play $9,200 Derrick Henry. I can tell you that right now. No (laughs) fucking thank you. It made sense last week at $7,900, knowing that he wasn't going to be owned, no one was going to want to play him. But no fucking way I'm playing $9,200 Derrick Henry. You had better have 10 target upside if I'm going to play you at 9K. Winter is coming, Kev. Winter is coming. It is here. I don't give a shit. I ain't paying $9,200 for Derrick Henry. Ain't happening. It is just too expensive for a running back. If you're, if you are coming in, you have to be Christian McCaffrey. You have to be able to tell me that I know in any situation, you're going to be able to excel. If you fall behind, you're still going to be utilized as a pass catcher. If you get ahead, you're still going to be getting the rock. Like I I cannot say that about Derrick Henry. I know they've talked about, Mike Frable today said that they want to get him more involved as a pass catcher. I will hold my breath and wait to see that happen because he has been there long enough and they've yet to do it. I can't imagine now in what year three of Mike Frable, I believe, that now all of a sudden they think they're going to want to get that Derrick Henry involved as a pass catcher. 
Last week he ran 10 routes. He had four targets and two receptions. That ain't cutting it at, at that price tag for me. I will risk it. And if he <laughs> kills me, so fucking be it. But I'm just not, I, there's no way. As soon as I saw it, I was like, get all the way the fuck out of here with that. Anyway. Well, no, I mean, and, and he's definitely a capable pass catcher. So it's just funny that he felt the need that he even had to say that. I mean, we're looking at, you know, every time Derrick Henry is getting these, you know, one, two, three targets or whatever, like the dude is making stuff happen with them. So it's like, why, why is that not part of your game plan? Like he's arguably your best player. Get him, get him the, get him the ball in his hands. It's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it doesn't, it's not going to make you feel good about your roster builds, putting a guy like Henry in there, um, especially with, with cook priced right above it. And if he's healthy, I, I think he, you know, offers the same amount of upside that, that Henry does, if not more, um, because of what he means to the Minnesota offense. I mean, the Tennessee offense, they do, you know, he is getting touches within inside the five and things of that nature. Um, but you're looking at what Dalvin Cook's able to do when they get down there. And it's, you know, they try and get him the ball as much, much as they can. Um, Matty, speak to us, man. Running back, how you feeling? Uh, I think it's an interesting week uh, for running back as a whole because, I mean, on the surface, it looks like there's a lot of, you know, big name guys that we want to play in good spots. Um, I, I'm on I'm on the side with Kev. No chance in hell I'm playing a 9,200 Derrick Henry. Uh, like, even if he scores 35 points, I'm not even sure he burns me with that. I mean, he's right. going to need to be – like, you think about when you paid, you know, 9,800 for Christian McCaffrey, he was scoring 40 points every game. Like, and that's not what Henry's going to do. And I think, you know, I still think people are going to play him because, you know, the whole narrative around uh, Derrick Henry smashes when it gets cold outside. Um, yep, yep. And I think people are just going to look at his game log and see, oh, well, he's got, you know, multiple games this year where he's gone for over 40 points. I can afford to pay 9,200 for him. Especially with, you know, not I, I've got David Montgomery I can pair him with, and then it saves me some salary. So I think he will garner some ownership, and I it just makes Tannehill an even better leverage play if he does, if Henry does, in fact, end up popular. No thanks. I, I'm not even I'm not even playing Dalvin Cook against Jacksonville at that, even if he was fully healthy. Uh, that's just right. it's just so much, and, and you've got got guys like Austin Eckler. I mean, they. <laughs> How about Ian Rappaport coming out saying this? He will not have a bell cow role, and the guy goes on and gets 14 carries and 16 targets. 30, 30 opportunities, 3 0. And his first game back yes, from a multi week injury. Ian Rappaport he is, is the, the worst. worst. He is Jay Ajay's agent. If, if, if we do nothing else for people, for the DJ Nation fam, please just set up your Ian Rappaport alerts. Just set them up. T- set up the Twitter notifications and do absolutely the opposite of whatever he's reporting. <laughs> that's all you have to do. I mean, that is just that's an easy way to win money right there. You know, just set up the report, set up the alerts and look at his reports. Do the opposite. There you go. I mean, dude. And the the fact that Eckler even got 16 targets last weekend, uh, dude, Anthony Lynn. I mean, my goodness, like this dude is absolutely. Derek's th- in chat. He's loving he's loving your rant right now. get him out of fucking town dude this is ridiculous of what they're doing i mean they're ruining ruining plays here for us but uh but uh i love uh i I love eckler this week maddie i I just uh, how can you get away from him especially if he's again like I haven't been I haven't dived in as, as much as I would normally have at this point, but I, I still at this point haven't seen as much traction on him as I think that we should 
knowing what his role in the offense was immediately after he returned from injury. I, I honestly don't even care what the matchup is. You know, he's going to get 12 to 14 carries more if if, the, if they're ahead. And then right. he's going to see 10 plus targets. I'm like, he saw 11 the game before he got hurt. And then he just saw 16 this past week. Right. So it's like, I'm going to get a guy who's going to get 25 plus touches no matter what. And he's committed. Like he, he's one dude that, you know, I feel like he's good on his word. Right. And he's committed right. to the, his fantasy owners, man. He's, he's publicly stated it multiple times. You want me for your fantasy playoffs. Like I'm going to eat and he's going to beast mode. <laughs> and he comes out and gets 30 touches in the freaking in the 30 opportunities in his first game back from a multi-week injury. And so wild. Yeah, it's 7100. I don't even care what the matchup is. Sign me up for that. Um yeah. and interesting thing with James Robinson, um he had been seeing less than 5 targets a game with uh that Lutton dude at quarterback. And then mm-hmm. he gets my first game. Mike Glennon plays last week. He gets six targets. Uh, so, you know, they're already feeding him a, a ton of carries. He's seeing right. over 20 carries a game in his last five minus the, the pit game, which they were losing 27 to three. But I mean, dude's constantly getting over 20 carries a game. Uh, now he's, I think we can project him for five to five to six targets with Glennon at quarterback. Um, yeah. And Minnesota's not that good of a defense either. So, I, I think he's very oh, interesting, and, and I'm not sure what kind of ownership is going to come in on him just because I feel like, every, you know, he's every kind of, week, dude, every week he's up there. He is. And it's like, it's because he's one of the safer options. Yeah, he's a bell cow. You know, he's yeah. going to get all the, he's going to get all the work. It's, You're yeah. not worried about somebody like Corey fucking Clement coming in on the one yard line yeah. and fucking taking a touchdown for away from you. Right. I just I think. Or, when you run Nick Chubb, and then all of a sudden here yeah. comes Kareem Hunt's fucking fat ass coming out here <laughs> on the one yard line and taking a fucking opportunity. I just think he's finally priced up this week, though. I don't think he's been in the seven Ks. I think he's been mid to high sixes. Um, yeah, yeah. And so now he's finally at seven three, and so you've got he's mushed in with Eckler, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, and Nick Chubb. I think he's going to come in a little lower owned um, and he's still going to get all the high value touches. Like you guys are talking about, like there's nobody there to, to snipe him uh, when they get in close. So I, I think he's interesting. Uh, another guy going off the board again um, is Chris Carson. Uh, Brian, mm-hmm. right before you hopped on, uh, I was talking about how I think Carson could be the, the best le- running back leverage play on the slate. If Russell Wilson ends up popular uh, over the last four weeks, the, uh, Giants defense ranks 31st in explosive play rate, uh, explosive run rate allowed. They've allowed eight explosive runs on only 46 attempts. Uh, and now you get Chris Carson, who's known for, you know, busting off big runs. Uh, we just saw one last week for his touchdown run. Yep. And, and Carlos Hyde looked awful last week. He got 29 yards on only 17 touches, whereas Carson went for 59 yards on 10 touches. So Carson's definitely the more efficient back. And we've known that um, he just came back from injury and, you know, he's still trying to recover a little bit from that. But I think week two, we finally see him get, you know, utilized more uh, in this game. And especially in a matchup where the Giants have been, you know, giving up more production on the ground recently than they have if you were to look at their whole season numbers. So uh, I, I kind of need to dig into, you know, maybe there's an injury or two that, that they're dealing with on the defensive line um, that, that could be allowing that or maybe the, a linebacker. Uh, but looking at the explosive uh, rates allowed, they're they're thirty first over the last four weeks. So I think that's an interesting interesting trend for the Giants there on defense. Um, 
And then the other guy, you know, Montgomery's an, he's an obvious one. I, I agree with Kev. It's, you know, the more I think about fading him, the more you just look at his opportunities, like his, his attempts and his targets and his price. And now he's playing the lions and it, it's just, it's so hard to get off him. But the other guy you need to monitor this week is miles Gaskin at 5,900 uh, playing the Bengals. If he comes back from injury, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was, he was their bell cow when he was playing. Uh, he was, you know, getting all the high value touches down near the goal line, getting a bunch of targets. Uh, and the Bengals are, you know, one of the better matchups, no matter how you, how you slice it. So, what is your guys' take on the the Saints situation here? Because on one hand, you have Alvin Kamara, who's 7K, which on any other time, we would be like, smash him in. He's 100%. But with one, he's dealing with, I think, a foot injury. But also on top of that, with Taysom Hill back there, they're just he's just not dumping off and looking for him. He's just taking off and running. Taking off running, yep. And, and, which is severely limiting Alvin Kamara's upside. Now, could they look to change that this week and really try to get the ball to Alvin Kamara? Because they've also – it should be said, too, that they, they've really pretty much commanded both games that he started. Like, they've mm-hmm. had – Right. They've been in great game scripts. They didn't really have to do anything else. So they didn't really have to open up the offense and force them to do more. So that, that should be said. So, I mean, Alvin Kamara is probably going to have to be like 3% owned. And so that, that's always, a, you know, with, with his upside is there. But also, Latavius Murray at 5,900. I mean, we saw yeah. over the last two weeks, I mean, he's had 31, he's had 31 attempts. I like you, Kev. I'll, and when I'll, he when he goes off, like I mean, he goes off like last week. I mean, he had what was one hundred and thirty yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So he's still only fifty nine hundred. So and that seems to be like what they're more wanting to do, anyways. Is just if they are going to turn hand the ball off, it's to Latavius Murray, who whether they're really wanting to run the ball and utilize Taysom Hill's you know upside as a runner. And so like, what is your guys' thoughts that just on on the on these two in general? Because I will say Atlanta has been good against the run this year. Um, they've been a much better run defense than they have been a pass defense. Especially since they fired their head coach, I was, too. I was going to say, they've actually been a better defense in general mm-hmm. limiting production um, since Dan Quinn's been gone, and it's been Raheem Morris, which, I mean, no surprise there. He's a defensive-minded head coach, so they should be getting better on that side of the football. Um, I think for me, though, Kev, it, it would come down to – is Julio playing? And I, and I mean, I would I would kind of want to report from Schefter like on that, you know, that Saturday night report that like, yeah, he's good to go. And like monitoring pregame reports like, yeah, he's good to go and that we are not going to get like a decoy situation. I just think that like if Julio plays, your your hope is that that game, you know, the pace in that game could keep up like Atlanta can put up some points and and kind of keep up with what New Orleans is doing. And that would make more sense to have. Kamara involved if Julio doesn't play then I'm just going to drop down and and play Latavius Murray on some lines in hopes that they can control you know the tempo here and and you know really come out with a win there and at home um and you know it just if if the game script just doesn't go right I mean you're you're gonna what are you doing you're playing Kamara and and a guy like Eckler or Kamara and a guy like Chubb like it just really is going to hinder some of your builds from what the production is that we're seeing. Um, and it really comes down. I mean, Kamar, it, Taysom, Taysom Hill is the offense and I don't really want to play him, but it's clear that they want to run the offense through Taysom and he's 6,300. So you're going to play Kamara for more when he doesn't even have the ball in his hands to do most of the stuff with. And then Latavius Murray is $400 cheaper than Hill. So that's kind of the, 
the leveraged uh, dichotomy, I guess, that I wanted to get to is that like in a in a neutral game script or in a game script where it's going to be a little bit more slow pace and maybe the Saints can kind of get their way with it. Like Latavius Murray at 5,900, I don't think anybody's going to consider him. Um, and the thing, the thing, too, is like you got a guy like Jamal Williams here. And I know we're going to move on to wide receivers as I'm looking at the clock here, but I just wanted to talk about, you know, a guy like Jamal Williams, because he's priced up at 6,100 and we just saw what the Packers were able to do in that game against the bears was control. And that's why him and Jones saw the same amount of touches. I mean, Jamal Williams has a role on this team. The dude's good and they want to get him involved. But I I do think that having him there at 6,100 will keep a guy like Aaron Jones down um, on his price tag. And that kind of makes me want to get leverage on him because even though I can't really trust Wentz right now, like Maddie, you had interest in Sanders and like if Philly is somehow able to keep this somewhat, you know, a close game or at least competitive until the second half, then I think Jones is going to be on the field a majority of the time. I mean, they were able, I mean, it was made publicly here. You know, Matt Nagy calls out the Bears defense and the, the Bears defense, you know, is mad about him, you know, calling them out. And are they playing? Did they quit? Blah, 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 blah. The Packers just were able to take advantage of that. So I think people might look a little bit too much into the Jamal Williams, uh, Aaron Jones split. And that's kind of what I like about playing Aaron Jones this week. Um, go ahead, Kev. What I just, all the thing I was going to say is, is the, the last couple, I don't know if anybody – Really, I think DeAndre Swift. You know, depending on what happens there, I don't know. That that that, that seemed wild to me. Like earlier in the yeah. earlier yeah. in the day, it was something like he might have built something. The Adrian Peterson stuff came out where he said that like he hasn't really been acting like himself. He had, doesn't have yeah. good energy. And then all of a sudden, like about an hour later after that, we get reported that they were he was taken off the concussion protocol, but he's actually dealing with uh, he's sick, um, which not is not COVID, COVID related. Yeah. So it now sounds like DeAndre Swift could actually play this weekend. I, I would say I mean, if he if he no longer does, you know, if he's no longer has a concussion, then if it's just sick and you know, he gets over it, then I, I think there's a possibility he could play. But if they're talking about him like not having good energy, then it also makes you wonder like, well, would you actually play him? Because does he play limited snaps? Do they not run him out there for the full complement of snaps if they want to? But obviously, Matt Patricia's gone, so this is going to be something new that we're going to have to, uh, you know, well, take a look at and kind of see how this is going to play out with this. I know, I know that Darren Bevel came out and said that they want to play a very high-paced style of football uh, over the last, you know, what week of the or last month of the season here. So I don't know. I think DeAndre Swift at 6,500 is somewhat interesting of a play, but like I think there's a lot of variables there where that go the wrong Carry way. On. Not if not if that? playing. My, I don't think you can, just, you can do that if Swift is playing. Okay. My my response is if if the Lions are going to play nuclear, give me as many guys on the opposing team as I can fit. And this week it's the Bears, but like if the Lions are going to play fast and the opposing team gets more touches, give me Allen Robinson and, and Montgomery. Well, that's and, kind and of what they did. Guys. I, know, I want to talk about what receiver. they did. With with Matt Stafford though last year before he got hurt like they, the, everyone was talking about how mm-hmm. the pace they had, they were looking to throw deep all the time and go yep. deep with it and um, so that's kind of what people were expecting from this year but they really haven't done that but I mean they've also dealt with injuries and you know Matt Stafford's missing time but I don't know like I think that is something to monitor but and then lastly I don't think I ever really talked about it you actually asked me about it but I never really said anything about it and that was Jonathan Taylor at fifty seven hundred oh, like. Yeah. This one is tough because, like, I see, like, different scenarios here because, like, I can see Jonathan Taylor. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he scored 30, 30 DraftKings points this weekend. Would not surprise me one bit. Houston's run, run defense is historically bad. So, so bad. He just smashed them. 
Yes. Like it is so yeah. like it's so wow. it is hard not to love Jonathan Taylor. He's back from the he's back from the or the COVID protocol. So he's back. It's a great matchup. Houston now does not have Will Fuller. So that that limits their probably upside on passing the ball. So maybe that, you know, if, if they're not able to get into a big lead, you're not really gonna have to worry about Naheem Hines. And we saw the last time they played that they really tried to get the ball more to Jonathan Taylor. And this is this is the prime breakout game spot for him. And he's only 5,700. But it's also Frank Reich. And he seems to always want to play the hot hand approach here. And that's what scares me with him and, and like really committing to him because it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden Naheem Hines got 25 touches again or somehow Jordan Wilkins started the game hot. And... and <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And got you know, and and got more run than John Taylor. So it's certainly a very risky play, but I think one that could end up being very profitable, depending on what his ownership comes in at. Because I can also see a lot of people wanting to play him because of how good the matchup is. So if he's going to be low owned, then I probably am going to have. Uh, I'm definitely going to have some Jonathan Taylor at 5700 because the upside's certainly there. No, that that's that's fair, Kevin. And, and yeah, like you, I mean, that's it's it's so I, I try not to. I, I do to a certain extent look into matchups a lot, but I mean, you, you're saying like the Houston defense has been paying off dividends. I mean, all season long. So it's not even anything to really get cute about. It's just a matter of do, do we hit on the right play this week? Is it going to be Taylor? Is it going to be Hines? Is somehow Jordan Wilkins get, get worked in? Um, it's really crazy. And and we didn't touch on this, but Phillip rivers, is he, he's dealing with some stuff, but is he playing? Are, are they saying? Are they acting like he's going to be out there, or what? What's the deal there with him? I know to he's me, through something. To me, it sounds like he's going to play. He's just dealing with a really bad toe injury. That, okay, you know he's just cool. going to have to struggle through. Um, so like that so tells handoff, me. Handoff. <laughs> if, yeah, no, if they get up, that's what's going to happen. Is they're right. just going to keep turning around and handing it off, and Houston's not going to be able to stop them. So. Right. Yeah, I think Taylor makes – he's very interesting. I'm just curious. There's a lot that can go wrong in that backfield because, like, Hines and Wilkins can yep. definitely steal so many touches from him. Uh, so, if he's – it's probably going to be a scenario where if he's popular, I'm not going to play him and hope for the best. And if he's not popular, I will play him and hope for the best. Right. So. Yeah. The, only, the, the only other – something I also want to ask about this, these two as well would be – if DeForest Buckner's out, would you have any interest in David Johnson, who sounds like he's going to be back this week? Now without Will Fuller, they're going to have to start using the running backs even more in, in, in the passing game, I would think. But it is a super thin play because David Johnson is, is like the king of like 12 fantasy points. like, And that's yeah. all he's ever getting. That's all he gets you, right? I just don't know if it's a slate dusty. for him. Dusty, right. dusty. <laughs> but the other one that I think is, is going to go completely overlooked is Gio Bernard at 5,200 against Miami. Yep. Like Miami's defense is certainly a lot better than what it was in previous years, but like Gio Bernard is still like getting the the the, the majority of the of the touches in this backfield. He is a pass catching running back. He's only fifty two hundred. It's not a terrible matchup against Miami. 
You know, so like I, I just think that, you know, I think somebody that is going to have no ownership is going to go completely overlooked because there's really no like 4K running backs that I look at this week and really I'm like, yeah, I really want to play that guy. Like there's none. Like I would love to play Cam Akers, but I don't trust fucking Sean McVay to actually do the right thing and actually play Cam Akers like they should. And if I miss out on Cam Akers because of it, then I miss out on Cam Akers because of it. But I think like as low as I could possibly go, would be geo, but I don't know if you really have to. If you're going to go that low, why not just play David Montgomery or something Correct. like that? But yeah. so it is probably a thin play, but I do think geo does have kind of like a 20 point, 20, 25 point upside. Yeah, I don't hate that. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about, um, wide receiver as we, uh, are getting into this and uh, I'm just going to start it off with the Wolf Fuller thing. I mean, this dude fucking ruined the slate for me. Like I was so happy to go back to the Deshaun. Watson. I was going to stack that game every which oh. way. And uh, just, it's just infuriating. I mean, I guess, you know, that, that is what it is. Uh, Brian, Brian Cushing is your strength and conditioning coach, Mr. No neck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're able to get your take this in a contract here. It'll make you. Exactly. It'll give you all oh, the stats. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, we we didn't see that Wolf Fuller injury yet, so I guess something had to have happened. But I digress. Uh, so we got, you know, at the top, I think it's interesting. You got Devonte Adams at nine K um, against this Philadelphia secondary, who you know I kind of forgot about. Um, I mean, these guys are just so forgettable outside of Slay, and even Slay hasn't been himself. But these guys like Slay, Avante Maddox. Um, you know, Jalen Mills, if he's out there playing safety or corner or whatever. I mean, this secondary is just so bad. Um, he should be able to find ways to just eat in this matchup. And so it, when you're looking at the 9K situations and at running back, you know, it's so hard for people to miss out those get it right or, you know, feel like they need to get it right. So, you know, people will play Cook. They will play Henry. And it's going to be hard to play both, you know, of pay up at wide receiver as well, too. So I love getting to some Adams exposure there. Even if I'm not playing uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think I might have play around with some teams where I could still get Adams and just hope that all the production goes to him, that we can get, you know, one of those, you know, 150-yard games where he scores twice because it's totally within the realm of possibility how this team is playing and looking to get him the ball. Um, and, you know, talk about a, a situation there with he was just popular or I'm sorry, not he, but paying up for wide receiver was just popular a week ago where you had, you know, guys in great games that people wanted to play up for and they didn't really hit like Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs. They didn't get you there. So maybe people are down on paying receiver so I like trying to get to him um, outside of Adams we got DK Metcalf at 8200 who's going to be popular against this giant secondary there um, I think you know people will play him as a one-off um, if they're not even playing Russ to kind of get what they see as the upside of what Metcalf you know can do on a slate and people might be trying to say oh you know he could be the Tyreek Hill of this week or whatever um it's just the Seattle offense. If you if you think that they're going to pop off, it's it's hard to hard to trust. Uh, Keenan Allen at eighty one hundred. Uh, those are your AK and above guys on DraftKings. Then we got guys like Hopkins uh, going against the Rams. It's a tough matchup. Uh, AJ Brown, like we talked about. I mean, he's seventy six hundred. I think he. You know, honestly, I I feel like he should be in the AK range with what he's been doing, but. I guess maybe the the production hasn't been there enough to warrant it. Uh, t- Tyler Lockett coming in at seventy four hundred. I'm actually surprised by this. Um, I thought he'd be lower than that, but um, 
that's going to be a tough play for me outside of outside of a stack there. Uh, Adam Thielen, 7,300. This guy's always in play coming off of the COVID list. I'm not sure how many people will, you know, want to play him if they're playing, you know, guys like Cook and Jefferson hitting last week. People will go to him because he's cheaper at 6,900. But Thielen with like 82% uh, of his red zone target share or something crazy like that he's catching passes in the red zone and 10, you know, touchdowns on the season. I mean, this dude's been doing everything. This Jacksonville defense can't stop anybody. Uh, Calvin Ridley, he'll be popular um, if he plays and if Julio is out. Um, and then you got Michael Thomas and those are your seven K guys and above. I mean, let's just, as I open it up for you guys and, and Maddie, I'll start with you, but you, you touched on it. Like Alan Robinson, Coming in at 6,700, like this is one of the reasons why I probably won't have as much uh, Montgomery as maybe I should or maybe I feel like I need to is because you, I can pay, I can feel comfortable playing Allen Robinson at 6,700 for the target share that this guy is getting. I mean, it, he is by far the best option in this offense. I think Bill Lazor, who's now calling the plays, knows that. And regardless of if it's falls or or Trubisky back there, and we know it's going to be Trubisky this week. They're just peppering him with targets. I mean, because he catches everything. And, you know, Anthony Miller, he's been frustrating this year. Darnell Mooney was coming on strong there, but he, you know, are they running the right routes or whatever? Cole Komet, he's dropping passes. Jimmy Graham is Jimmy Graham. Um, there's just not a lot of options there that, you know, Mitchell can feel like he can trust. And that means that, uh, Allen Robinson is leaned upon. And not only that, but you're talking about a Detroit secondary. Uh, you go back to the Thanksgiving game. I mean, watch, watch the tape. Uh, Brandon Cooks left left alone. Will Fuller left alone. Jordan Aikens left alone. Like these guys were just in uh, Duke Johnson with the fucking wheel route touchdown. I mean, this, this secondary is absolutely abysmal there. Uh, Desmond Trufant doesn't scare me. Um, the, you know, rookie Akuda, he's done nothing. Uh, the other guys on the secondary have done nothing it's just an absolutely smash spot for for Allen Robinson love getting to him uh I talked about Robert Woods I I do kind of want pieces of this Rams in Arizona game just because uh you know the Vegas total there and I feel like it 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 will end up getting overlooked outside of game stacks uh being on the three o'clock slate and um I think there's merit to, to having some of those guys there so uh, Cooks would be it for me. He, he comes in at a little cheaper. Um, love Corey Davis at 5,100. Uh, I know our boy D Brow, he's been talking about uh, having Pittman this week. And, and I do like Pittman, but I mean, T.Y. Hilton, like if Rivers is out there, I, I could see myself playing him against this Houston secondary. He's 4,300. Uh, it doesn't necessarily make you feel good. Uh, probably even the Jets wide receivers are in better spots with Denzel Mims at his price. Uh, Perryman at 3,900 at his price. Uh, even Crowder, who disappointed a lot, but you're looking at the slot going against the Raiders, uh, a position that we've tried to attack in DFS time and time again. And Jamison Crowder now back with Sam Donald. It was weird uh, last week. It, the targets weren't really there. Perryman was getting a lot more of the work than he had in the past, but there's always merit for me to play Jamison Crowder as long as uh, as long as uh, Darnold's back there. And then a, a guy that I'll be playing, I mean, if I have interest in Carr, uh, I, I'm going to dabble into some some rugs, some rugs this week. Uh, these these corners on the Jets, I mean, they're they're going to be able to give up these big plays. And, you know, all it takes for rugs is one. Um, and I know his price isn't really um, 
it doesn't really make you feel good out, outside of stacks. And I would probably play him with with Carr only. But I, I'm, I'm looking at Ruggs, and I like him. I mean, the P, PFF matchup is Lamar Jackson, a guy who we've been targeting um, against all year, and he runs a 4-5. R- Ruggs is way faster than that. Um, I just think he can burn these guys in the secondary. They won't have any way to keep up with him. So uh, looking at Ruggs on some Carr teams. But, uh, Matty, what say you at wide receiver this week? Where are you looking at? Uh, I just want to add on the Ruggs call that Aguilar has been missing practice uh, this week to start the week. So if he's out, definitely a boost to Ruggs there Um, because Ruggs and Aguilar looking at the, the air yards profile and all that there's, they've been essentially the same wide receivers. So Aguilar has got 22% of the air yards, only 12% of the targets. Ruggs has 28% of the air yards and 12% of the targets. So while we've, everybody's been talking up about Aguilar and how good of a season he's had, Ruggs has really had, you know, the same profile of, of targets uh, that Aguilar's had. He just hasn't hit on them. So I think, you know, if Aguilar's out, I think Ruggs is a great call uh, against the Jets there. Um, and, and just to piggyback off your Allen Robinson call um, and how much of a, a ball hog he's been in that offense, uh, he's he's got 30, 32% of the air yards in the offense, and the next highest is Mooney at 22 and then on the target share side, he's got 25% of the targets, and the next highest is Anthony Miller at 15. So, I mean, it's really like it's it's A-Rob is getting all of it, and then everybody else is just kind of splitting it less than 15% uh, just among a bunch of, a bunch of dudes. So, yeah, 6,700 for an alpha wide receiver uh, against Detroit, who should be without true font. Uh, they're banged up, and like you said, you know, they, they didn't even play defense last week. I don't even know what I watched on Thanksgiving. Uh, Houston would like (laughs) open by like 30 yards and uh, right, whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a great matchup there for a Rob. I love him. Um, and I think you know, people with how how much they're going to play Montgomery, uh, I don't think a lot of people will play both, uh, or or just fade Montgomery for for Allen Robinson on some teams. So, you know, I think that it's great leverage to include a Rob, uh, this week. So, he's definitely one of my favorites, and then. Um, I'm going to skip all the way down to talk about a couple guys in the four to five K range. I am going to continue to bang the Corey Davis drum until (laughs) I lose my vocal cords because he's priced at six K until he's priced at the same price as AJ Brown. Uh, I mean, they literally, it's just like rugs and Aguilar. They have the same profile. A.J. Brown's getting 32% of the air yards, 25% of the targets. Corey Davis is getting 34% of the air yards and 23% of the targets. So, the, I mean, wow. they're they're separated by less than 2% on, bo- on both metrics right there. Uh, everything checks out, you know. And, and there also is news uh, that A.J. Brown popped up with a hip injury this week. And so if he okay. were to, you know, if he were to be, if he were to miss, I will not have a team that does not have Corey Davis on it. At fifty one hundred, I mean, it, and it's it's a matchup with Cleveland, who like Cleveland has been one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL this year. Um, I, Dude, I, look, look what uh, Glennon was able to just yeah, do. With exactly, exactly. What is like, happening? Cle- Cleveland's pass defense sucks, uh, and I that's why you know that's why I love Tannehill so much. Um, and if AJ Brown's out, that does give me a bump down to Tannehill, but. At the same time, that gives me a full target share uh, hog to Corey Davis. Uh, so I, I really like him at 5,100. The other guy at 5,100 I like is Jamison Crowder. Uh, I think he's very interesting in that in that Vegas Jets game. 
Um, him and Denzel Mims have really been the two main guys on that offense. Uh, so, you know, going again back to the predictable metrics for pass catching wide receivers, uh, you've got Denzel Mims, who's seen 35% of the air yards and 26% of the targets. Great play at 4,100 uh, against Las Vegas. And then Jamison Crowder, 22% of the air yards and 24% of the targets. So both of those guys, you combine them, you've got 50% of the targets on the offense. Uh, Jets are always going to be playing from behind. Uh, we know Darnold loves to throw to Crowder. The thing with Crowder is all his routes are, are short, whereas Mims kind of stretches the field a little bit. Um so he's definitely – Crowder's definitely more of a PPR play, which is what you get on DraftKings. 5,100 just feels uh, too cheap for a guy. We've seen multiple times go to the mid-20s uh, with with Darnold as his quarterback. So I think yeah. he's he's very interesting. Um, and then I mentioned Mims. Uh, so I, I think he's interesting. But, yeah, you touched on, on Ruggs as well, who I wanted to bring up um, just because of the Aguilar news. I – I will be very high on rugs if if we get Aguilar out this week. No, that, that would be great. I mean, him and Jacobs, man. If Aguilar and Jacobs are out, then all of a sudden you've got a condensed offense against the Jets, and that that would even be a bump to 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 Waller for me. Yeah, bump to Waller. I mean, even even a bump to to Renfro. And Renfro, yeah. Kind of saw him kind of pop off in a couple of matchups with uh, when when Ruggs was missing and Aguilar was kind of coming into fruition. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he definitely has a role in this offense too. So that, yeah, that, that game would be, is very intriguing as it is right now. And it becomes even more so intriguing when we can say, okay, like we still have the main pieces from this game or, you know, outside of Jacobs, if he misses, but main enough to make this still, you know, pop off, uh, if things go right. And so you're looking at, you know, a game stack there where you could have, um, you know, like Crowder, uh, Carr, Rugs, and Waller, um, and just hope you know hope for things to go right there, um, and still have a lot of salary to do stuff at the running back position as well too. Uh, Kev, what what are you looking at wide receiver this week? What what's standing out to you on Thursday night? He's going to start with a thirty five hundred dollar Houston Texan. No God! Oh my <laughs> first God. of all, first of all. First of all, fuck both of you, okay, for trying to come in and steal my fucking thunder with Denzel Mims. I said before I said all of you like guys him. today in our chat that it's Denzel Mims I said week, like him. and that that is exactly hey, what I said. And then I just right? and then you guys, you, you got you, you guys no, try to come in and just and just steal the thunder away, okay? It is Denzel oh, yeah. fucking Mims week, boys and girls. I'm gonna have a ton of Denzel Mims. I'm How much is a, a ton? Fuck ton. Of I Denzel want a number. Mims. A fuck ton, okay? <laughs> a fuck ton's more than a ton, all right? Derek, I don't got listen, time for you in chat, buddy. Listen. De- Derek's siding with Kevin. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Go on somewhere. I like this. <laughs> so I can, I can actually I can put this up here. It's like you're, it's like you're actually here, Derek. <laughs> Anyways, listen. Denzel Mims, right? You've already, you've already laid some of the case out. You didn't do a good enough job, so I'm going to do a better job <laughs> than, than what you hey, did. Hey, okay? I, was, I was, you know, a little foreplay. Now you got to take it all the way. Well, that's what I do. I finish the job. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. So, like you, like you mentioned, Denzel Mims, Denzel Mims right now is fifth in the league in terms of market air shower with market air. He's so excited he can't even talk. He's yeah, got a brain right aneurysm right now. Regardless, <laughs> just ruling <laughs> market share of air yards. He is fifth in the league. He also has a thirty percent target share. And you mentioned Jamison Crowder, and a lot of people thought. That James that, that Jameson Crowder once Sam Darnold came back, that all of a sudden he was going to go back to getting those ten to fifteen targets. 
It didn't happen last week, boys and girls. He got five fucking targets last week, and he only ran, I think, 29 routes. So it is the Denzel Mims show, and we are getting a matchup against the Raiders, who the Raiders secondary is fucking trash. Trayvon Mullins is garbage, has allowed almost 500 yards and three touchdowns on the season. Denzel Mims at 4,100 is going to smash this week. I'm calling right now. He's going to put up at least 20 fantasy points this week, 20 DK points. We can book it right now. He's going to take one to the house on this defense. And so I love Denzel Mims at 4,100. It is a terrific spot for him. And so I am starting my build with Denzel Mims. He is going to be on oh, most, wow. of my, most of my teams. And I am here for Denzel Mims. Will, will, you, will you have a Sam Darnold team? I may. I may just get wild and, and build a Sam Darnold team. But regardless. I hope you do if you're playing that much. Yeah, yeah I would. I'd throw some – sprinkle some Crowder in and run it back with like a Rugs or – or whichever running back plays. I was going to say, who's your or run Waller? Back? Probably Waller. That's fair. I mean, Ru- I, mean, I, mean, I can see Ruggs, too, pop off. You, for- yeah, Ruggs. If you play Darnold, Ruggs, Crowder, and Mims, that's a full game stack for, like, 15K. It's, ins- it's play, so uh, cheap. Would you play Crowder or Perryman, Kev? I feel like Perryman and, and Denzel Mims would be a little bit redundant in terms yeah. of, that, of, of what they do. So I would probably be Crowder. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> but, so I got that out of the way. So I, I had to bring the heat higher, higher than you guys did on <laughs> Denzel Mims, so I could state my point here, okay? But we're just warming it up for you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just like, these motherfuckers are trying to steal my Denzel Mims type. <laughs> anyway, so the, the other guys I'm, I would be looking to play too, I also really like Michael Thomas this week at 7K. I'm praying that he's not going to be chalk because I think he's a terrific play this week. He is still – if you look at his overall numbers that's coming back, he hasn't had that that Michael Thomas smash game that, that we've kind of been looking for or that you're kind of grown accustomed to. And I do think in this matchup where you typically want to throw the ball – and we saw Taysom Hill the last time they played in a game that they dominated the Falcons. He still threw for, what, 240 yards, uh, two rushing touchdowns, did not throw one uh, for a touchdown here. But I do like Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas accounts for 55% of the air yards here in this offense and 32% of the target sh- uh, share as well as um, he is number one in the league in terms of over the last four weeks and weighted opportunity rating as well. So I like Michael Thomas a lot in this matchup against, against the Falcons. So I think that is somewhere I'm hoping that he's not complete chalk, which if he was, then I would probably come off of it a little bit, but still seven K Michael Thomas is ridiculously too cheap. So I really do like Michael Thomas. I, I totally agree on the Allen Robinson. I don't have anything more to put in on that because it's Allen Robinson. And I think he's going to smash. I've already told you guys how much I want to play Mitchell Trubisky. So I'm playing all the Allen Robinson this week as well. Um, and I really, really appreciated his, uh, him liking um, the people that were tagging him and like, <laughs> Hey, you should come to green Bay. You should come here. You should come. I I, I should have done a, a Chiefs one. That would have been a good one too. <laughs> he would look good in red and gold, wouldn't he, Ryan? No, he would. Yeah, that that arrowhead on the side. Oh yeah, I mean he, no, would, he would. He would eat in that offense. He would be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, it's disrespectful. He would. He would. I mean, he's him. a he's a top ten guy with playing with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. Yeah. Like that's truth biscuit to you guys. Poor guy. Oh my god. So put so, the eggnog down, Kev. Put the eggnog down. <laughs> hey, so 
Also, I like Devontae Parker at 6,400. I think you, I, I think that's a, another direction we go. What, last week he had 14 targets? But I can only play him if Tua is is, is out because I will not yeah. play him with Tua in the lineup. Right, yeah. right. Um, is, he, is, he, is he priced accordingly, Kev? Like, I'm looking at that price, and I, I don't know. I don't I know what's too high, high personally. Only, it's only 500 more, but it just does something for my psyche. Like, I was looking, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could get Parker for – 5k something and now he's 6400 and i'm like nah i'll just play robinson at 67 or julio at 66 if he plays yeah i mean it would depend on where i'm sitting and where the the build is taking me and you know if depending on where i could fit him in but i still think that the ceiling is there for him to get 25 30 against cincinnati and cincinnati's defense is awful and Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know, will pepper him with targets. I mean, who else is there right now? It's essentially him. Basically, last week, Devontae Parker got him all the way down the field, and then they just they just punched it in with with Mike Kosicki twice last week inside the red zone. So, right. so frustrating. And I also uh, – Jarvis Landry, 6,200, is uh, finally in a game where the Browns had to throw the football – Jarvis Landry went off, had a monster game. Well, he had 140 yards and a touchdown mm-hmm. in a game that none of us thought they were going to throw the ball. I think everybody thought that it was going to be a yep. game where they run the rock 50 times against the Jag, and they just came out looking to throw that game. I was really surprised in how that game kind of played out. The running, you know, Nick Chubb ended up getting there in the second half when they finally started to use him more. But I do think if we think that this Tennessee side is going to go ham, and if you're going to run it back with somebody, it's going to be Jarvis Landry. Because if you think that this game is going to be good enough to where Ryan Tannehill goes off, like that to me, I think you play Jarvis Landry um, at at 6,200 because he is going to see all the targets. Between him or Austin Hooper, I think are the two plays here in this game because – there's nobody else. Od- with Odell out, I, I'm never going to play busted ass Rashard Higgins. Like, that's never going to happen. Your boy, Kev. Your boy. <clears throat> Devon- Donovan Peoples-Jones doesn't have a role. So, it's, it really, to me, I think it's Jarvis Landry. Like, I think you could pretty much expect, as long as we're, we're looking at good weather here, there's no 70-mile-an-hour winds that they have to deal with, which we felt like, what, for like three straight weeks, that was Cleveland's problem, was every single week they were getting terrible weather. And that's really why they weren't able to do anything in the passing game. But last week, in the final, first time they get good pass or good weather, Jarvis Landry goes off. So at 6,200, I just think that is uh, ridiculously too cheap for what he can do. I think, again, 15 targets is not out of the range of possibility for him. And so I do like Jarvis Landry. And then the other the other couple, I think, uh, Robert Woods, 5,900 is too cheap against Arizona. And then Brandon Cooks, I think he's going to be chalky as hell. He um, is. He's going to so, be the last time wide receiver. I like Brandon Cooks this week, but at 5,600 and he's going to be complete chalk, oh, I, I just figure I'll find different ways. And then the mm-hmm. other one would be uh, Christian Kirk at 5,200. His price has dropped. Uh, he has not had that that big game in, in, in a while. And I think with all the attention going to be going and j- probably exclusively Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins, I think De- or Christian Kirk at 5,200 has you know slate-breaking upside where he could get you 30. My concern playing wide receivers against the Rams is they've been a lead against wide receivers. Yeah, they've allowed one top 12 wide receiver the entire year, and that was Debo last week. Um, and I mean, you look at they played Dallas week one, uh, Buffalo was Stephon Diggs, um, Chicago, Allen Robinson, uh, Seattle three weeks ago, Tampa two weeks ago, and then last week, San Francisco. So, I mean, they've played some good wide receiver groups. Um, that's just is, that's my concern with Arizona is is just wanted to toss that in there. Is uh Fitzgerald off of the 
list? Uh, I haven't seen, to be honest. Because if he's not off the list, then I think we can go back to Isabella here in that game. He is still on the list. Like, I mean, uh, I mean whatever his price tag is, I don't really care. I mean, he, we, he was off the he was on the list last week, and Isabella was was out yeah. there. Uh, I mean, and shout shout out to to Debro who was kind of on top of that last week early early on, and and was uh, reference, referencing that. But you know, you're still talking thirty two hundred, thirty two hundred, yeah. Yeah, thirty. I think he went up. He was three K. He was three K. So he's mm-hmm. up two hundred. Right, and I mean, you know, to me, like it's kind of the similar. Like, if I'm gonna be willing to play Christian Kirk, like I might as well just go down and play Isabella. You know, for that much cheaper because he offers the same amount of upside. They're both, you know, big play home run hitters. And just looking last week, like Isabella was all over the field. Some some of those didn't work out, and you know, Kyler just really didn't look like himself. That was disappointing because I, I really liked playing him uh, as a leverage play. But hopefully, you know, we got another week under the belt. Hopefully, he's getting a little bit healthier. And and you know, if this game does stay competitive on both sides, I think Isabella at thirty two can you know pay off that price tag for sure. I mean, all it takes is one one play. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. One. Also, I think an even better spot if you want to play a three K wide receiver would be one of the Bears wide receivers. Darnell Mooney's only thirty four hundred, and Anthony Miller's only thirty one hundred. You can't trust them, Kev. I mean, Darnell Mooney had nine targets last week with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, this and what is a much better okay. matchup against the secondary? Who's gonna this Detroit secondary? Who's gonna have everybody out? No, I. I mean, I. So you know, I think that. It just feels a little thin because even even though they're saying they want to play fast, okay, so what does that really mean, Bevel? And so then without Swift out there, like what what are we really doing? Like Swift out, Galladay out, like or potentially out. Like what is this offense really going to look like? And so I just to me, I just want the surefire things in that game. Like, I, I mean, it, you know, Montgomery, okay, that's fine. Like, I, I probably will be underweight on him, but I'll have some exposure to him because of what that means. And Allen Robinson, love him. But the Detroit side, they really have just – I need to see it from them before I can st- start investing in ancillary pieces in a game that they're in. And, like, you know, especially, like, Miller, no chance. Mooney on stacks, I, I guess, maybe. But I just don't think they they have enough upside – um, to really pay off. Cause when I play a three K guy, I, I do want to get in the teens and um, I just feel, you know, they don't really have red zone roles. Um, just the production feels a little bit thin in a game. I wish you would stop disrespecting my man like that. Darnell Mooney. Okay. Like a, hey, you're supposed to be a bears fan over here. I like, yeah, I like where's your Mooney. bears pride. Get it. Bear get down. Get a, okay. get a bear down, Ryan. I like him. Mitch can focus on one guy. That's going to be Robinson. Oh, I know he does. And that's Alan Robinson. <laughs> But he still saw nine targets last week. And we've seen big games come from, like, last year when Mitch Trubisky played from, like, Anthony Miller and stuff like that. Like, there's there's still in the range of possibilities for my guy, Darnell Mooney, to have a big game. And at 3,400, he doesn't have to do a ton. He gets you three for 70 and a touchdown. It's wheels up. Yeah, I think a lot of that, too, had to do with the Packers just taking them to town and and forcing the Bears' hand into having to try and get back in that game as well, too. I mean, I I think that you're looking at a situation where one of two things goes right. Either Montgomery is smashing and, like, they're in a neutral game script and they can still get him the ball, or something went terribly wrong and the Lions are up big and then guys like Mooney and Miller are getting work and then Montgomery on the – 
back end is not able to really succeed as much because he's not being utilized in the sense that we think he he would be. Um, well, the if, game state, but if the game stays close, I'll say this: that Chicago over really, I mean, not even just the last four weeks, but the last eight weeks have been a, a neutral game scripts. They throw the ball. From weeks five through eight, they threw the ball 67% of the time in neutral game scripts. And they also, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> in the last with four balls. weeks, they're 64%. Right. Those, in those were balls, too. Right. Trubisky. So, but yeah, I mean, that, you know, you, you like Trubisky. So I definitely would have him with another uh, pass catcher for sure on, on those teams. But as one offs, I just, I don't know if they, they do anything for me. I'm going to be wondering all the money this week then, boys. <laughs> Christmas um, is coming early. Uh, anything? Uh, uh, Jarvis Landry at 6,200 too, Kev. I, I don't know about that. That's that's a tough pill to swallow as well. I would only play him in a game stack because I do think you can – if you're going to run Tannehill, uh, I think you need a couple – I think you need two Browns on the other side. One would be Chubb wow. for me. And then either Landry or Hooper. I w- I kind of side with Hooper just because of his price and how cheap and how gr- how gross tight end is. I've been trying to jam tight ends in from my stacks let's, or game stacks. So I think Hooper talk, would be go, no, uh, Maddie. I was just gonna say let let's talk about tight end. I mean, you, you know, you, you're hitting it on the head. There's no there's no Kelsey on this slate. Um, mm-hmm. We already know the deal with Kittle and, you know, Darren Waller, people, you know, that, uh, <laughs> a lot of talk about dynasty and where where these tight ends rank and who falls into what category or whatever. It just for Waller, for the Waller truthers, it just has not been to fruition. And I'm going to bank on the talent more so than what the results have been. And it, it's just one of those things like I just never play Waller when he's popular. And when he's not popular on a slate, like you're saying, Maddie, we're tied in and it's been all season, but is once again, gross. Like I'll, I'll, I'll play him here against the jets. Um, he's 6,100. So um, definitely, you know, takes up some salary there and, and paying down a tight end as, is you know, if you've gotten it right. It, it has paid off, but um, it's just so ugly. I mean, outside of Waller, you got Hawkinson at 5k, Evan Ingram at 4,900 who, who had a great, uh, great week last week um, and, you know, nine targets, 129 yards was you know, taking Cincinnati to the woodshed there. So goes against Seattle team there. Um, it's just going to be hard with Colt McCoy uh, at the helm to to kind of trust that position. Uh, Hunter Henry there going against New England. Not a good matchup for him. He's 4,800. 4, uh, Dallas Goddard, 43. I think he'll be extremely popular against Green Bay. Uh, Mike Gusecki, 42. John Smith is questionable, but 41. And then you got Hayden Hurst, who's, who's dealing with an injury, who comes in at 4K. I uh, believe he was a non-participant this week. So, yeah, you're looking at – I mean, the, the 3K range is really what's sticking out to me. I mean, Kyle Rudolph yet again, he's 3,400 against Jacksonville. Uh, he can definitely get behind that once again. Um, R- Robert Tanyan I'm in, in, in Packers stacks, you know, going against Philly, uh, this this guy has a role on the team. I, I'm happy to not see, you know, Jay Sternberger. It's frustrating to see Mercedes Lewis kind of taking some work, but he definitely, you know, has found uh, found a play. Even with uh, Lazard being back, um, I think he makes some sense in stacks. You just were talking about Austin Hooper, Matty. I'll let you um, riff on riff on him. Um, and uh, you know, outside of that, I mean, it's really just kind of pick your stacks. I mean, for me, I don't I don't really know. Uh, 
what injury situations are looking like, if that'll free up something. Um, you know, a guy like Trey Burton has been frustrating all year going against this Houston game. I mean, if we can uh, project points being scored, then I think maybe he could make some sense. I, I might have some interest in multi-entry, but um, really, I'm really looking at Walt paying up for Waller and then probably taking a chance on one of those 3K guys on builds that um, I don't have Waller on. Uh Kev, I'll start with you and then go to Maddie on this. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be pretty straightforward for me. TJ Hawkinson, 5K in Chicago. I'm down with that. Mike Kosicki, 4,200. I'm down with that. Austin Hooper, 3,800. Give me some of that. <laughs> you know, that's or, or Jordan Akins, I think, also at 2,900. Yeah, no. Uh, that's if they're not, if they're not going to be you know without Will Fuller, uh, somebody else is going like to step that. it up here, and I think that that very well could be the twenty nine hundred dollar Jordan Aikens. As that, like I don't know, like there's not there's not a lot that I feel like great about. Like of course I, Dallas Goddard as well. I think you could obviously go there. Um, whether Zach Ertz comes back or not, I don't give a fuck about Zach Ertz. Yeah, I think that's that, that's probably where I'm pretty much just going to uh, stand at. Before, before uh, Maddie, I toss it over to you. Just with Mike Gusecki there. I, I've played him and I've played Fitzpatrick as well, too. I had, I had him on the Millie last week and I, I always like playing Gusecki, but I guess I've, I've watched some of these Dolphins games there on red zone and, you know, these guys, Smythe and Adam Shaheen coming, coming from the dead or whatever, like they have definitely been going into his workload. I'm not sure how much it is, but does that make you, uh, does that temper your expectations that you have to have with, with Gusecki there? I, I don't know what it was last week, but I know like before, um, Ryan Tannehill was benched. These guys were getting um, run exclusively. And then even when Tua came in, I know Shaheen was still out there um, seeing some snaps. So that just that's just frustrating because I think Gasecki is leaps and bounds the better option, especially with Preston Williams being put on IR. But it just makes it hard when those guys are still getting looks to try. Well, I, mean, I think some of the some of those weeks, I mean, he's not seeing a, like a ridiculous amount of targets. Uh, he's only has one game uh, over double digit targets, and that was week two against Buffalo. Other than that, he pretty much gives you five targets every single game. Um, but the last two weeks, he has played seventy percent of the targets. He has run thirty plus route, and then oh. last week, I mean, he only had two for thirty five. Uh, if he doesn't find the end zone, it probably wasn't a great week for Mike Gesicki, who had eleven and a half. But uh, right. yeah, Maddie Austin Hooper. Any other guys that you're interested in? Uh, yeah, Hooper. He's getting 20 percent of the targets there in Cleveland. Uh, obviously, they're a low volume, low pass volume offense. Uh, but if we think that Tennessee, you know, makes him turn into a shootout, then I definitely like him at 3800. And the other, the other side of that game, I really think Ferkser is interesting, regardless of Johnny's status. The more I look into it, I mean, the guy ranks. Uh, he's 16th in the league among tight ends in team target share. And he's 19th in the, in the NFL in tight ends, in targets to tight end position. Uh, so, like, you look at him on the leaderboard as a, as a whole tight end group for the entire league, and he's in the top 20 in those two categories, and then he's 27th in, in red zone targets. So he hasn't really been used as much when they get in close. He's got five red zone targets on the year, and Jonu has 14. So I can definitely see myself tilting if Jonu catches one. But, I mean – 2,500, he's men price, and he's going to have a role in the offense. 15% of the targets there in Tennessee. Uh, I think Ferkser is interesting regardless of, of what Johnny's status is. And even if Johnny plays and he's limited and, and you get that slight boost, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's going to put up a goose egg. So I think it, it could be a week kind of similar to how we, how we broke it down 
um, on the Thanksgiving slate where it wasn't Logan Thomas the optimal because he caught a touchdown. Yeah. So yeah. It, it could be a similar week here where you, you just need to go touchdown hunting for a cheap guy um, because, you know, there's not really many high ceiling options. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, I talked about Rudolph and then talked about kind of how I like Thielen being back with his red zone role. So that kind of deters me a little bit on Rudolph, especially if he's going to be popular too, if people are just watching the the box mm-hmm box scores and not really looking into who really sees that share. I mean, that's why we liked Rudolph last week because you had that share that was going from Thielen and, and Irv Smith to a certain extent too um, with them seeing, I think it was like 23 red zone targets between the two of them. So uh, that, that would then temper my expectations if Rudolph is going to yet be popular again um, and, you know, maybe play Goddard or a guy like Cooper or something like that to get leverage there. Um, let's, uh, Let's move on to defense if we don't have anything else at tight end. And so defense this week is is interesting. I mean, Dolphins come in at 4,400 at the top. Then you got Packers at 3,800, which I, I kind of like them, even though they're the second highest price defense with the Steelers off of the slate now. Um, they're they're incredibly affordable on FanDuel at 4,100. So I like getting some exposure there. Wentz has just been a, a dumpster fire. Have fun with that, Kev. Um, outside of that, I mean, let's let's talk about paying down for defenses. And even though I like uh, car in tournaments, I, I will have some exposure to Jets defense just because they're 2,100. I mean, even though their secondary is porous, at least they, you know, have a home matchup here. Can they, you know, we saw a car throw three interceptions last week. I believe it was two or three. Um, Atlanta was able to take one to the house. It's Atlanta's defense has been better um, and they have better personnel. I feel like than the jets, but really it's just, you know, how can I mess around with salary this week? And if I need to save some, I do have interest in them. But um, above that, I think that uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was looking at, uh, Possibly getting to some uh, of the of the um, Patriots at twenty four hundred. Uh, I think that maybe I could talk myself into that. That's pretty much it. I think maybe I could talk myself into some Colts at three K. Um, just because Fuller is out, and you know, if people are still going to be uh, taking popular sides there with Cooks and and you know Aikens and Deshaun still, I think you could get some leverage there. I QT. I beat the drum. Uh, we've we've all, I feel like, beat the drum of the Colts being overrated and how are they doing this and what's going on and they haven't faced anybody. But just it just seems, yeah, QT too. I, I, I heard that, Maddie. Uh, it just seems like you know, if people are going to go that that way, I'll be different. Try and go the other way and and get some production there, uh, Maddie. I'll pick it up with you. Uh, you're feeling the same way at defense, or how? What are you doing this week? Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my right out of my mouth with the Colts D. Uh, I I think the Texans are going to be extremely popular uh, from Deshaun to Cooks to to QT and and then even Aikens at the tight end position. Uh, so I think the Colts are are a great leverage defense uh, on the field. Um, outside of them, it's kind of gross down at the bottom. So I don't even know. I don't yeah. know what other what other leans you guys have. Um, I mean. The Patriots maybe twenty four hundred against uh, Justin Herbert, who can like he's been good, but he's also kind of reckless with the football. Like he he forces footballs into very tight windows, uh, and he will throw the ball down the field, which you know that's good things happen uh, when you're a, a defense and the quarterback's throwing a bunch and he's throwing down the field a lot. So I think New England would probably be my punt defense. 
Kev, what say you at defense this week? Uh, the Chargers at 2,600 is fucking stupid. So I'm definitely going to go there <clears throat> against Cam and this Patriots def- or offense. I'm about that life. And then if I'm going to pay all the way down, I do like the Jets call. And, you know, it fits. You know, things can get a little bit weird. So I don't mind $2,300 Bengals. And that's, I don't know. I mean, I that's probably it. Like, I don't mind the Packers because of what what, they're, what they do. but Or with Carson Wentz's ability to turn the football over. But yeah. that's just too high for me. I don't think I'd probably get there at 3800 Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I, again, we preach this all the time. I mean, defense should be one of the last positions that you're putting in, if not the last, to figuring out what salaries you have and things like that. Don't be looking to lock in a defense just because you think they're in a good spot and seeing what your build is. Um, always important to get those skill position players because it's any given Sunday, things can go weird and things can happen with defense. So just by locking in the top does not mean you're going to, you're going to get anything there, but yeah, I mean the Packers, if they can get pressure on, on Wentz and get sacks there, I mean, that's just going to really pay off dividends. Um, and, and really they should, they should be priced in the 4k range. The fact that they're not, um, kind of makes me want to have interest in them just because they are the second highest priced on the slate. So I think that'll mess with some people, but the way that salaries are, if we don't get some of these guys ruled in, you know, I think you can make some balanced builds or, you know, even take some cheaper guys that, you know, get you to a Packers D and make you still feel comfortable about your team. Um, but yeah, I mean, on, on FanDuel, they're 4,100. The highest price is 5K. Uh, I love them there. And speaking of the the Colts, too, they're the fourth highest price on FanDuel um, and they're 3K on on DK. So definitely a value you're getting there. Um, any Anything else you guys got before we kind of, Kev, I know you got some things you want to talk to the people about. Uh, we got to do our show build, which was phenomenal uh, last week. And it smashed. Battle. Uh, one, one, 175, I believe, was the play that came in. 203 points had Henry and had Tyree Kill with Mahomes. Uh, so it didn't matter that we got three. Antonio Brown uh, could have been that much more special. Seven touchy points. subject. <laughs> touchy subject as well. I hear you, Maddie. I hear you. Um, but but yeah, man. Uh, appreciate you guys starting this out for us, DJ Nation. Uh, you know, you guys got to got to hold down the fort with us, man. DJ Nation uh, Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. We appreciate all the interaction that we're getting uh, from you guys. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. Um, loving what we're seeing in the chat here of everybody interacting. Um, appreciate you guys rocking um, all all along with us. And so as we get into the show build, I know, Maddie, you wanted to to do something special this week. Um, with with the people who have been rocking it or rocking around, and so um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it like this. Um, so we you know we were successful last week with our show build. So for the DFS show build here for week 13, I'm just gonna I'm looking at the chat right now, and so we're gonna let we're gonna let you guys decide who we build this team around. So the first person to kind of chime in, shout out to whoever that is, whoever you guys want us to build the team around uh, on this, we will make that happen uh, here. So I'm curious to see where they go. I mean, this will definitely, uh, hopefully they, they pick, uh, they pick Jamison Crowder. So uh, <laughs> have to deal with having him, having him on the team. Uh, Denzel Mims, if we, if we're really being honest about it. Yeah. 
but no, I, I, I want, I want the guys to kind of, kind of decide for us how we're building the team. And we, we do this team. It's in the $5, uh, single entry. It's the huddle on DK. I believe 60 K huddle is what it is. Uh, there's about 14,000, some people in there, uh, it was a good redemption week for us. So we, we definitely want people to, to be involved in that as well. Um, I'm going to pull up the build here as we get into it. Did chat go to sleep? Yeah, what's chat, chat, chat doing? I think they went to bed. understand what you're wanting to do. Listen, chat, everybody in the YouTube chat. What we're, what we're, what we want you guys to do is give us one play that we're going to build. Player. We're going to build, build around that player. Okay, so it's up to you guys in Y'all the chat. Kick off our team. People that it have been rocking be, in the chat with us the entire it could time. Be Montgomery. It could be Pittman. It could be Deshaun if you wanted to. It could be a defense like Carson any, Wentz. Whatever you know, you want to get weird. I mean, you know. Any any team any team that's that's gonna be good. Um, we yeah, I, w- I want to make sure that we that we have it and or at least I mean at least we can give a spot to them. Maybe maybe we'll talk about it at the beginning of the show and get people right for it. But I want to I want to make sure we leave it. Here we go. All right, we, we got a Cooper Cup. Dave, David Haas. All right, appreciate you, David. You you are uh, getting us exposure to that Cardinals and Rams game, which you know talked about it being on the you know high total on the slate. Uh, and but really not much we can do with it. So Cooper Cup is in there. He's going to be our wide receiver. Shout out to to David Hess there uh, for giving us the play. And now, now chat's lit. Now that David got the ball rolling, now chat. Wants to- <laughs> now they must be on a lag. They they might be on a little. <laughs> oh, lag. I forgot about that. There is. It's like it's like a twenty second lag. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But no, uh, appreciate that. So we got Cooper Cup boys. Uh, Maddie, it's been a while since you've kind of take the helm on on a show team. So. Why, why don't you uh, let us know where we're going next? Oh, there, it would, if you're going to give it to me, we're playing Ryan Tannehill. Let's do it. Any Tanny. So we got Tannehill. We got uh, Cooper Cup. Cap. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. It was right there. We could have went Trubisky or Carson Wentz, and this is where we're going. You know, I don't have I don't have faith in this lineup. <laughs> give me uh, g- give me Jarvis Landry. Oh God, of course. Uh, let's go, Corey Davis. Uh, Go ahead, Maddie. Oh, man, y'all are gonna make me do this. I think that if you're playing Tannehill, it is very viable to stack two Browns. So I'm gonna go with Nick Chubb, and we're gonna see how this works out. All right, and just full blown game stack that thing. Yeah, right now we got Tannehill, Chubb, Cup, uh, Landry, Corey Davis, running back, tight end, flex, and defense left. Forty-six seventy-five per position. Kev's got the wheels turning there. What can I do with a with a cheap Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller on this lineup? Denzel Mims. Kev, are you you? Yep. Give me <laughs> Denzel Mims. <laughs> I told you. Of course, of course. Now let's let's see here. So I'm gonna put a cup in the flex because that game's later. Now we got forty eight six six. It's actually not bad if you after you punt defense. That's and you got a cheap tight end too. Like you can pay up at running back. That is true. Like if you go if you just hypothetically if you were to plug in Jets D, that gives you sixty two fifty for a tight end and a running back, and all the tight ends are cheap, other than Waller. I really want to play Eckler, but I think I'll like the build better if it's somebody else. Yeah, I'm going to throw an Eckler for right now. Let's go. It's me, right? Just go Hawkinson at tight end. Lock in safe points for 5K. I would have said Waller, but couldn't fit him. Well, that's what I, I was considering going. Card- you could do that. 
I, I like Eckler and, and Hawkinson as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Eckler better than Carson, I, I think, in a vacuum, especially on DK. Tight ends is going to be weird, man, because, like, if Waller goes for 20-plus, yeah, who's getting there? I like. I mean, you know I like Carson. It's a tough 2v2. Yeah, your, your favorites, Matty, the 2v2s. The 2v2s oh, God. Sunday morning. I love those. I was yeah. 2v2, Matty. <laughs> I, two years ago, I swapped off 2v2 Julio Jones, and he scored 56 DraftKings points. How'd that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just going to go with – I'm going to go with the Jets. All right, fair enough. The least 400 on the 400 uh, on the table there with Tannehill, Chubb, Eckler, Denzel Mims, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, Hawkinson, Cooper Cup, and Jets. Now, with 400 being on the table there, I will say if we do get – if we get some uh, news that it's not going to be Jacobs uh, out there, I, th- I think you can play Waller and the Jets D like on the same lines. I think that's still viable. And I just I don't know how Waller doesn't smash if Jacobs isn't out there. Um, so that that could be something I look look into with the team and then drop down Eckler to go to Carson or maybe there's somebody else that, that we can go to there. But that's going to be the team as it stands for now. Again, Tannehill, Chubb, Eckler, Mims, Landry, Corey Davis, T, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Cooper Cup, and Jets D entering that in into the single entry huddle. And that's going to do it for the week 13 NFL DFS main slate. It was, uh, it was, it was fun to, make you know make it work with with the boys this week shout out to kevin maddie for holding down the fourth there to start off the start off the pod and the quarterbacks kev getting the pipes working on the intro you gotta love hearing that um so so that's gonna be fun the the godfather himself but boys you guys got any last words for the people as we sign off here for week 13 uh hopefully the number 13 is is a lucky number this week I love it. I love it, Matty. What about you, Godfather? Put the eggnog down. What we got? Uh, two things. One, be on the lookout for a giveaway we're going to be doing with just our YouTube subscribers, not podcast, not anywhere else. Only you have to be subscribed on YouTube. Uh, we'll give out some more details here shortly, probably in the next couple of days, maybe you know by Sunday we'll be putting this out. But, uh, but it's a really cool giveaway. It's going to be a, a piece of sports memorabilia that you probably could put in your man cave or somewhere in your house, something like that. But uh, it's going to be pretty and, cool. To- and it may be a piece of sports memorabilia you want after this weekend slate. That is true. And so it, he's uh, a guy we talked about. Okay. Okay. So we will, uh, I, I'll, I'll be putting that out in, in more detail. Uh, but uh, again, it'll be absolutely free. Only thing you'll have to do is just be a subscriber, subscriber to the channel. That's all you have to do. So, anyways, uh, with that, uh, and I think also, by the way, uh, I know Maddie has to figure a few things out, but all three of us should be back here again on Sunday for the game day show. Oh, snap. Okay. I was, yeah, I, I, I might, that information. I might, uh, might be attending. Okay. TBD, but there's a chance I might be in attendance. That would be, that would be lit. Game day show on Sundays, right, right here on this channel, uh, the Fantasy Authority, 10 a.m. to 11 30 uh, a.m. Central time, Central time there. So, uh, 
Yeah, that, that would be a ton of fun. Would love to love to have you there, Manny. Well, that's going to do it, guys, for the DGen Nation uh, pod for this week 13 NFL DFS main slate. Thanks for rocking with us all year. As Kev said, make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. It's in your best interest if you want in on that giveaway that we are going to be doing and shooting out the details for. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the channel. And then when you subscribe, make sure you guys are, are liking the videos as well, too, commenting on them. We appreciate all the interaction that we're getting from you guys, man. It's been a fun year. Uh, we're ready to rock it out with you guys for for the next couple of weeks here as we end out the regular season but you know what it is with the dj nation we're all about getting that money so make sure you guys are having fun send us some screenshots get hit up the dj nation pod and try and get into the slack chat as we got guys who are you know sending out big hits a guy just hit on wednesday on that afternoon slate you know if you forgot about the game happening at 240 what a weird one but you know as long as they're giving us dfs slates we're going to be playing it's the dj nation pod signing off for the guy Godfather himself, Kevin Steele at Fantasy Ref 13, Maddie Dickinson at Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter and myself, Ryan Alexander underscore W. We will catch you guys next week for the week 14 NFL DFS main show. Until then, get that money. Peace. You think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.